Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 156 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for the freedom to read your word. Help us learn more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 23. Jesus was brought before Pilate, who didn't find he had committed a crime. He even tried to pass the buck to Herod by sending Jesus to him. Usually, when a leader doesn't want to make a decision about something, they typically pass the decision off to someone else. And this is what Pilate did. Herod was pleased because he wanted a chance to meet Jesus. However, we read in verse 11 that Herod and his soldiers treated Jesus with contempt. Then they sent him back to Pilate. Verse 12 tells us Pilate and Herod had been enemies, but the situation brought them together as friends. As we talked about yesterday, sin gathers together its people, and then they enter into a special bond. Pilate tried to convince the chief priests and rulers that Jesus had done nothing deserving of death. But verse 18 says, But they all together raised a deep cry from the depths of their throats, saying, Away with this man, release to us Barabbas. Barabbas was in jail for murder. Three times Pilate asked for the release of Jesus, but the people's voices prevailed. As Jesus was taken to the cross, he told the women who were crying, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. His great love is for us, his people. He offered himself for us. His love is also shown when he granted one of the men next to him eternal life in heaven with him. He granted it simply for the asking. The man had indeed committed a crime, but when he asked Jesus to remember him, Jesus granted his request. Jesus simply asks for our hearts, and that is love. Well, let's see what John's vision is today in Revelation chapter 7. First, John sees four angels who hold back the wind. We may see the wind here as calamity, and the enemy sends calamity our way through the wind. But God sent his angels to hold it back for a time. As we continue in the chapter, there is a second angel who is to put a mark on the foreheads of those God has chosen as his. The angels guarding the wind make sure these people are secure, even if the destructive winds begin to blow. There are 144,000 people marked for God. Before we get nervous about whether we are part of the 144,000, let us read verse 9, which says, After this I looked, and a vast host appeared, which no one could count, gathered out of every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. These stood before the throne and before the Lamb. They were attired in white robes with palm branches in their hands. One possible explanation is that the 144,000 are part of the Jewish nation that God set aside for himself and the host of people are the Gentiles. Even if this isn't the case, we can rest in the assurance that Jesus died to save us and we are his. Then we see all of the heavenly beings, including the angels, praise God. Everyone will praise the Lord. May we give him our praise today. Verses 18 and 19 are precious promises of God and say, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun smite them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the waters of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These are promises we can write on note cards and keep with us for everyday reading. They encourage our hearts when we go through difficulties. 
Well, let's see what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 3. King Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he began his reign over the tribe of Judah, and he reigned for 25 years. If you remember, he was the son of Asa. Jehoshaphat brought the Judean tribe back to worshiping God. We read that in his 18th year, Joram began his reign over Israel. Ahab was his father. He removed the pillar of Baal that his father Ahab and mother Jezebel put up. Remember, God determined to wipe out Ahab's family because of their worship to Baal and the golden calves he erected for Israel to worship. He built the golden calves because he didn't want the Israelites to go back to Judah and worship, lest they become one with God and Judah again. While Joram removed part of the pillar of Baal, there were still other images and idols people worshipped, along with the golden calves. This was sinful, according to God. When Ahab died, the Moabites went after the Israelites. King Joram asked King Jehoshaphat to go to war with him against the Moabites. He agreed, and they went through Edom, where that king agreed to join them as well. They went along for seven days without finding any water for themselves or their horses. When they thought they would die, they called for Elisha, the prophet. Elisha was not too happy with the kings except for Jehoshaphat. He wouldn't even talk to them if it weren't for him. He told them to dig a trench that God would fill with water. They did, and God delivered in a huge way. The Moabites heard the three kings banded together and readied their troops. When they came upon the water, they saw it was blood red and thought the three kings warred with one another. So they thought this would be an easy time to overtake them. However, they were overtaken instead. They were so beaten that the king of the Moabites actually sacrificed his eldest son in fire to the horror of the three kings watching. Judah and Edom left the Israelites and went back home. In chapter 4, we see God's mercy and love many times over. First, there was a widow who asked for Elisha's help. Her husband was dead and left a debt she couldn't pay. The creditor was going to take her sons to be slaves for payment of the debt. Elisha asked what she had to sell. She had nothing but a jar of oil. I love how God takes what little we have and makes it enough. In this case, the woman was directed to gather all the jars she could find from her neighbors and start pouring the oil she had into all the jars. She did this, and when the jars were gone, her oil quit producing more oil. Then she was to sell all the jars and pay off the debt and live on the rest. Next, there was a woman who fed and cared for Elisha. She even built a place for him to stay when he passed by. He wanted to do something for her, but in her humble nature, she said she didn't need anything. She didn't have any children, though, so Elisha told her she would bear a son. At first, she didn't believe him, but she did have a son. When he grew up, he became sick and died. Elisha brought him back from the dead and gave him back to his mother. After that, Elisha cleansed a poisoned pot of stew for some prophets during a famine. All ate and were satisfied. Lastly, he provided food for men where there seemingly wasn't enough. Verse 43 says, his servant said, how am I to set only this before hungry men? He said, give to the men that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall be fed and have some left. Again, we see that God provides enough even amidst our lack. Let us know the Lord will provide for us as well. Let's see what Solomon has to share with us in Proverbs chapter 6. First, Solomon warns us to not borrow money to people. He writes, we give them our power when we borrow. Then he writes about working so we are not given to poverty. Next, in verse 12, he writes, a worthless person, a wicked man, is he who goes about with a perverse, contrary, wayward mouth. This person has evil in his heart and sows discord among others. Then he lists the seven abominations to the Lord, pride, lying, murder, wicked thoughts and heart, someone who runs after evil and false witnesses. 
Solomon reminds us to keep God's commandments. He has very wise advice to keep us safe from the enemy. He also tells us some of the repercussions of not keeping God's commands. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for showing us more of your mercy and love in your word today. Help us follow you more closely. Help us cling to you and your ways. May we lean into you for all we need, for this life cannot offer what we truly desire. Only you can fulfill our hearts. Keep our hearts soft toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.